Yeah, I'm on. Okay. Um, Prayer Pal Sunday. And uh, where's Alyssa? Where are you? Man, you're way over there. Okay, can you come up here for a second? I need you up here for a second. Uh, huh? Yeah, bring your prayer pal too. That'll be good. That'll be good. And uh, man, I just love it because on Prayer Pal Sunday, we get to do things together. And uh, this is really neat. I loved what you guys did together. Thank you for leading us around the Lord's Supper. There you go. I love that. Some of you are still looking for Mark 26. You're not going to find it. All right. You said Mark. But Mark and Matthew look a lot alike. I mean, they. some people think they're brothers. They always get, they always get confused. But it's all right because I speak Ted. So I'm not. I knew, I knew what you meant. All right. So this is Alyssa. This is Piper. This is your prayer pal. I love this. Okay. Alyssa is our kid men minister. I wanted all of you to be able to see her. Okay, because she makes this happen, and we're very thankful for that. Some of you have been wanting to cheer for Alyssa. Go ahead and cheer for her now. Thank you. There we go. We'll get past that. Isn't it great to be cheered for rather than to be the cheerleader? Okay, now you're here to remind me of things that I'm supposed to say. Number one, like in this, we want you to take pictures of your prayer pals, and then you post them on together. Yeah, take pictures of your prayer pals together. And uh, I think that was kind of assumed, but uh, the, um, see, like the people up here in this, see, they're the happy prayer pals. And then every week, Alyssa features those when we, when we come into worship, because she also puts together the worship slides. And, uh, and is there anything else I'm supposed to say on that? So, uh, oh, okay. And then also, we want you to stick around for lunch, okay? So we've put together a great lunch that's going to be back here in the Family Life Center, and after this... Uh, prayer pals all, you, you come together and you go to that and you're going to continue the conversations that we're starting today. It's hamburgers and hot dogs. Yes. You get your choice. All right. Anything else? All right. Thank you, Alyssa. This is good. Alyssa and Piper, everybody. This is, they're doing things together. There is a, and my prayer pal Jaden is helping me. He's going to be my timekeeper today. And then he's also going to help me form the sermon as we go, because um, you, I mean, there will be no way that you'll notice this, but this sermon is being written as I go. And unless I told you that, you would never notice that. You would say, he is a, boy, he is a, just a fast-functioning professional. He's got it all together. I'm sure he scripted it out 15 times and practiced it all week. Uh, but the truth is, I'm actually making it up as I go. How about that? And you would never guess um, anyway, yeah, you would. The, uh, uh, there is biblical basis for what we are doing with prayer pals. How many times do you recall in Scripture where God will ask his people to do something? The Passover, or to take the rocks from the river and then p- make a monument out of them. And then he says, uh, in the future, your children will ask you, what does this mean? God wants us to have conversations with the younger ones because that's how we truly pass on faith. Not just sitting them in a room and then downloading information, but telling them stories and sharing our time with them. And so younger ones, you need to know this. I want to say to every prayer pal and uh, every young person here, ask us questions. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. I know sometimes you'll hear from adults I was that, uh, 
that, that young person in, uh, in the church that I went to when I was a teenager, and I would ask you know, these obtuse questions, is God so powerful, can he create a rock that even he can't lift, you know, and other kind of weird ethical questions, because I wanted to know these things. I thought they were important. Patient, patient people helped me understand, without saying these words, that I needed to learn to ask better questions, okay? And I did, I did, they taught me that. But I, they did also treat me with respect, and it was wonderful, and they taught me about the joy of, of living for Jesus and being his disciple. So we want you to ask questions, and, and I've got some discussion starters here, because we have been talking about hope, we've been talking about everlasting hope, and rather than just change that all of a sudden, as if Prayer Pal Sunday is somehow some sort of anomaly, because it's not. By the way, did you know, you, you can sit with your prayer pal any time that that works for you. You can. You can get together any Sunday. If you want to go and visit your prayer pal any Sunday, it doesn't have to be prayer pal Sunday, you can do that. We want you to be creative, and I know that Alyssa appreciates it too when you post those pictures. If you tell us, say, hey, here's what your prayer pal, here's what our, me and my prayer pal did this week, okay? And then that way, everybody gets ideas about, oh, okay, that's a good idea. I should do that. It's not a competition, all right? Adults, we're not running it. There's no contest. You're not going to win for being, you know, it's not like grandparent contests where, you know, you want to become the, the one that gives the best gifts. It's not like that. It's about spending time and finding ways to share our faith and share ourselves uh, in, in this life that we call being a disciple of Jesus. Um, so anyway, share all of that. And, and why stop this discussion of hope when this is one of the most important things that we can talk about? It's up there with the big three, faith, hope, and love. This, these are the things that will endure. And this week, we're going to look at a text from Romans. But before we get to Romans, I'm going to put the first conversation starter on there. Now, Jaden's got my timer. We're going to do three three-minute conversations. And I want you to know that this is biblical. Now, you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, I don't have a prayer pal. Turn to the people next to you, okay? You, you've just become prayer pals. By the magic of Prayer Pal Sunday, you've all become prayer pals, all right? Wherever you're at. This is good for all of us to practice. That we sometimes don't take the time to hear from one another. This first conversation, and it's based on the text. Uh, and don't worry about the text if you haven't read it right now. You're not, you're not going to need it right now. But the question is, what do you hope for in the future? And all these other little questions are showing you ways you can go with that. What do you hope to do? What do you hope to be? What do you hope will happen in the future? What do you hope will change? Be creative, but we're grasping this idea of hope. So, Jaden, have we got the three-minute timer ready to go? Let's start it, and we begin. Talk to one another. What do you hope for? I just got to say, Jaden is good at this. Um, and... Um, I'll, uh, I'll compensate you, Jaden. He's writing a great sermon here, let me tell you. He is doing a good job. He's already made the second and third points. Uh, so, um, Prayer Pal Sunday is not the time to use your prayer pal for free labor, okay? Don't do that. You need to compensate them. And um, so we talked about this. We talked about this, and I'm sure you did too, and I'm wondering what sort of things you shared. Uh, it might be kind of neat when you get to the to the table for lunch to share with other prayer pal sets what they hope for in the future. Um, 
Jaden hopes to go fishing in the future. Now, I don't know if that's a hint to his old prayer pal here or to his family, but, um, you know, it's been a long time since I've been fishing, Jaden. And uh, uh, I would just hope to catch a fish. I don't think I've ever caught a fish in my entire I've been fishing. I've never caught a fish. So, No, I've never caught a fish. That's, see why I gave up on fishing? And um, guy told me I could go and buy them, and I was like, huh. Yeah. Um, so um, one of the things that Jaden said that he hoped for, and I think this is great, this is how life happens in our, our congregation. He says he's looking forward, he's hoping to go on the Canada mission trip. So young people look at these events that we're doing and they're saying, I'm looking forward to getting ready for that. And he knows what he needs to do to get ready for that. And that's hope. You start getting ready to do something that you're looking forward to. Which brings up this text in Romans. Paul says in Romans chapter 8 that all of creation. Now we use that term a lot, all creation. That's everything. That's everything. All creation. That's not just everyone. That's everything. All creation is waiting eagerly for a future day, that future day, when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, this is why, because against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. You see, because it's been our story as human beings in this world, as God's children, that we haven't always acted like God's children, the rest of creation is suffering because of that. I want to share something with you, too, especially if um, you know, you're among some of our younger generations. You're going to hear a lot of talk about how uh, we're the kind of people that destroy the planet. We're the kind of people that are going to make the earth burn up in a few years. You know, we're going to greenhouse gases, ozone layer, all that. Listen, they've been saying that stuff since I was a kid, okay? And, and there are some things that need to change. It's not an easy solution, but I'll tell you this, don't worry. There's things you can do, but don't worry. The best way to do something about it is to become the kind of people who love and appreciate what God made. Because if we're those kind of people, then we're learning to be the kind of people that God always wanted to take care of the creation. One of the things I just learned about Jaden is he hopes to be a, uh, a zoologist. He hopes to work with animals. That's perfect illustration see that's what I mean when God gives us the ability to take care of this good stuff but because we don't always act like God's children then the creation that God made for us gets it in the neck I mean the creation gets the bum deal in all of this and that usually happens when we don't act like God's children so the all of creation is sort of rooting for us and say, would you just please act like God's kids? Sometimes I think about that. When I come home, my three cats are like, I hope you're going to be God's person today. You know, Because if you're not God's person, then it's not going to be good for me. And so all of creation is waiting for that day. That's what hope is. You can't hope for something if you already have it. Here's what I want you to know. The future is not a gloom and doom story. 
The future is not a story where we ruin everything and it's all messed up. No, that, it's already messed up. <laughs> let, me, let me tell all of you who are younger, the people who came before you didn't do such a hot job of things either, okay? But that's not the point. The point is God's got a plan where all of this turns out better than anything that we can do on our own. And that's what we want you to share with us. So I'm saying all that because sometimes, and I'm not just saying that for the young people, I'm saying that for those of us who uh, have got a few miles, okay? Because sometimes we're the ones who get this message of gloom and doom, and sometimes we're the ones who contribute to it because we're afraid. And we're afraid that everything's going to end up in disaster. We're afraid that everything's going to burn up. We're I remember coming home from school when I was like a prayer pal age, and uh, I was just all upset. And, uh, you know, I told my parents, I said, why are you upset? Oh, I found out the sun's going to burn out one day. They said, yeah, but if you make it that long, you'll be ready for it. You know, that's like millions of years. Or, oh, okay, well, that's somebody else's problem. The thing is, though, we hear a lot of these stories about gloom and doom, and it's meant to scare us. And as Jesus' people, as God's kids, we don't have to be scared and frightened. We can have hope. We can have hope just like the creation that looks forward to a day when we're going to join God's children. The creation is going to join us, too. That means all the animals, all the bears, all the fish, everybody's going to line up, and they're all going to say, Thank you, finally. No more death and decay. This is the glory that God always intended. And it's going to be far better than anything we can ask or imagine. So, for your second conversation then, again, thinking about hope. Because sometimes, if you hear enough of these scary stories, hope can go away. Have you ever lost hope? Now, Razorback fans, you should be able to answer that one very easily. <laughs> Don't imagine that yesterday was anything, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, there's hope. No, there's not. Uh, you're going to lose all your fancy foosball games. But anyway, the, um, have you ever lost hope? And if you did, how did you get it back? How can you get it back? And, and sometimes... It's not about losing it. Sometimes it's about keeping hope going. Now, I think we're going to learn a lot from each other on this conversation. In Scripture, it'll say that if we don't have something but we hope for it, we learn to wait. Last week, we looked at Isaiah 40. Those who wait on the Lord, they, they mount up. I mean, talk about being compared to creation. They mount up with wings. They soar like eagles. Those who wait on the Lord, they're going to run. They're going to run faster than cheetahs, faster than antelope, faster than, than, than anything that, that runs real fast, even faster than turtles, okay? And they're, they're going to run, and they're going to be able to walk, and they're going to not lose energy, and they're not going to lose strength no matter how old they are. That's my paraphrase of Isaiah 40. But, but the idea is that it that all comes about when we place our hope, when we put our waiting hope in the Lord. So here's your conversation. Jaden, are we ready with the timer? Let's start the timer. You've got three minutes. Let's talk about hope. Well, I had another great conversation. That was good. Um, Jaden told me that one of the ways to get hope back is to be an OU fan. 
He didn't quite say it like that. He just said, but he did also advise me that if you're going to be an OU fan, you have to hope that they don't get beat by Clemson or Alabama. <laughs> Truth. Okay, so anyway, but, but I said, so how do you get your hope back, you know? Yeah. He said, hey, look, come on, it's happened, right? I mean, you know, that, that young man knows the facts, all right? How do you get your hope back? Well, you look at the facts because your feelings sometimes are going to lead you astray. You're going to say, ah, there's no hope or, uh, you know, it's all the ref's fault or something like that. Okay, you can't do that in life. You can't, you can't blame everything on everybody else. You can't just say it's everybody else's fault. You have to look at the facts and you have to say, okay, here, here are the facts. And you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have a reasonable hope. But with God, you're able to have a lot of hope in what's possible. This is what Paul says to the Romans. Because if you think about it, the task of waiting on God to sort out all the messes in creation, that task of waiting on God, that could drive us nuts if we just imagine how big it is. But he says we have to wait with eager hope, just like the creation. And the creation has been waiting a lot, much longer time than you and I. So we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as adopted children, including the new bodies he's promised us. I mean, think about it. You and I, no matter how long we live in this world, if, if we... If one day you are the record holder for the longest lived human being and you're going to be something like a, 130 years old or something like that, okay, you are still in preparation mode, you know? You're, you're, in, you're in dress rehearsal. This is not yet real life. This is just the warm-up. This is kindergarten because we've got eternity ahead of us. So he's preparing us for that eternity, and we're right now given hope of that. It was given to us when we were saved. One of the things Jade and I talked about were, uh, was baptism. He experienced it recently. I experienced it some long time ago. And, uh, but either way, it's, it's at that baptism, it's at that moment that we know and we recognize and we demonstrate that we have been saved by Christ, that's when we get hope. I think that's why it's important to, to walk into baptism with that confidence in God, to walk into baptism knowing that you can't do this to save yourself, but by being obedient, God is saving you. You're putting your trust in him. Because when you do that, it reminds you every other day of your life, hey, he's given me the hope and promised me that, that, that my salvation is in his hands. And now he gives us the logic of hope. If we, that's why it's in parentheses. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. Okay? You know, that, that, does that make sense? Does that make sense? You've already got something. You don't have to hope for it. It's, it's there. You've got it. You realize it. You experience it. Don't take it for granted. Appreciate it. Uh, but if we look forward to something that we don't yet have, we must wait patiently. Jaden and I were talking about waiting. You know, he was waiting to see his brother again, and he had a, he had a week to wait. I've waited for things, and I know it's like, oh, this is going to be a long time, but I'm looking forward to this. And you just 
you wait one day at a time, one moment at a time. You enjoy. You can't move through time any faster. You just have to wait through it. But we wait patiently and we wait confidently. You know why? Because waiting patiently and waiting confidently is the best way to wait. Waiting anxiously and waiting doubtfully really isn't hope at all. You're just the, the person that's always making yourself and everybody else miserable by saying, when, when, why can't it be now? Stop that. You're just going to make it, you're going to ruin it for yourself and everybody else. So that takes us to conversation three, because one of the ways that we wait patiently and confidently is to be a people that practice prayer. Prayer is not just saying to God, God, here's what I want, here's the list, be sure and deliver. Prayer is what we have just done here this morning. It is a conversation. And one of the ways that we learn to converse with each other, or one of the reasons we learn to converse with each other, is so that we will also learn how to converse with God. Because sometimes in prayer, we're not just saying things to God, we're listening to God's Spirit. We're listening to what He has to say. And it's in that, con- it's in that conversation that we call prayer that we learn to be patient, we learn to wait, and our hope grows. So this is a good opportunity for you to talk with your prayer pals or talk to the people right next to you and say, how can we pray for one another? You know, sometimes we set up this time at the end of service where we say, come forward if you need prayers. And I get it. Some of us are thinking, well, I need prayers, but I am not going down there, okay? You would rather walk a tightrope between two skyscrapers than walk down here. I get that. I mean, I get it. I'm, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I, you know, I, that'd be a real bad occupational hazard if it did. Um, but I get it. Because at least if you're walking a tightrope in the dark, nobody can see you, okay? Well, I want, what I want you to know is, that's not the only way that you can call upon others to pray for you. That's why we have that little card on the back of the pew. That, that's why it's actually just as simple as going to somebody and saying, hey, could you be my prayer partner for this week and here's what I want you to pray for. Or sometimes, I love this, I've had people say, listen, just pray for me this week. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but God knows. Good. I like that. That's confidence. So why don't you take this three-minute conversation And talk to each other about how you can pray for one another. You can be as specific as you want to be, as you need to be. And how does God and his Holy Spirit help us to pray? Have we got the timer, Jaden? Let's start that. Here's your next three-minute conversation about prayer and hope. How does God and his Holy Spirit help us pray? Whatever answers you and your prayer pal came up with on that. um, And man, I wish we had time to get all the, you know, get responses out of this somehow. But I'm going to tell you this. I think one good general answer to that question is, how does God and his Holy Spirit help us to pray? Probably more than we know. Okay? And this is in that same text in Romans 8. Paul assures them that in the midst of this hopeful waiting and when they could be anxious and they have to understand that creation's been waiting as long and longer than they have, That in the midst of all that, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. How many times do we think 
that God's not going to listen to us or God's not going to receive us or God doesn't want to hear from us because we're weak. You've got friends, and maybe some of you have thought this, but you've got friends. Uh, Dr. Ziegler mentioned this recently. He had a friend that said, oh, if I go into a church building, you know, it's going to catch on fire. And, uh, you know, and the thing to say is, no, the church building won't, but you will. And uh, no, no, see, I'm just saying if you're paying attention, that's not what you say to your friend. Because the, the thing is, and, and a lot of people feel that way. They feel that they're not welcome. They feel that they've done something that they're gonna, they've offended God. <clears throat> that's not what God feels like. That's not where God is. I, I assure you that what God wants is he wants us to come to him. Jesus told a little story about a father who was waiting on a son, a son who had hurt him so badly. <clears throat> and all the customs of his world should have been to tell that disobedient son, get away, you're dead to me. But instead he welcomes him back and throws a party. And people thought that was scandalous. Now God loves us with that same scandalous love, and he loves your friends that way. And when you think that you're weak, or when they think that they're weak, or they think that they're not welcome, you can assure them, oh no, I... Trust me, God wants to hear you, and he wants to hear your prayers no matter how, you know, unfiltered they may be. Just, just try it. He says that God helps us in our weakness because we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Even those of us who think that we can word a very eloquent prayer, sometimes our prayers aren't really what we need to be asking for, that we're asking God for all the wrong things. Pharisees did that. They prayed to God and they were saying all, you know, they were, oh Lord, we thank you that we're not like these people who you can't stand, you know. It's not the prayer you need to be praying, friend. And some of us pray that God will take care of people who, you know, we find difficult or we, other people. And really God's saying, no, I want you to pray for yourself because I can work in you. So even when we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Sometimes when people ask me to pray for them, I've learned to put in a line there, especially when I don't feel like I'm doing such a good job. And I'll just say, Lord, please take this prayer and run it through your Holy Spirit editing office because it needs a lot of help but I think you know what the prayer needs to be. And I submit myself to that because I know that the Holy Spirit fixes my busted up prayers. And it's the same way with you. So prayer pals, as you're praying for each other, just know that the very act of taking the time to pray for someone else, God knows what they really need, and God knows what you really need. And if we'll trust in Him, if we'll put our hope in Him and wait on Him, I think we'll find that he really is with us and present and guiding us and making a difference. We just need to give thanks for that as we go. Um, we're going to sing this song, Because He Lives. It's a confession of our hope and faith and trust. Um, you know, you've prayed for each other, and after our worship today, we're going to go and share a meal together. But at the same time, we want you to know that if you do need to pray with the shepherds who are going to be down here, or they'll be in room 100, we'll be glad to receive you. Let's stand and let's uh, sing together.